1: News and Market Commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220 KDOW. One
2: of the things I used to love was watching Dave Letterman. May miss him? I grew up watching him in high school. He was iconic to me. He was what I wanted to be. He was from Indiana that got to New York. In my head, I was in Indiana and I wanted to get to New York. He represented that to me. He represented, you know, just that, that brilliance of, 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 of talent and effort equals results. One of the things that he did at the end of his shows when he had mus- musicians on, he'd go over and say hello to them. It was always interesting because you'd get to see him like, fawn over Bruce Springsteen. You get to see some new music acts that came to Late Night for the very first time. You get their first appearance ever. Comics got their first appearance ever. But when Letterman would talk to them, it was like one of those unscripted moments that you got to see into. And Letterman once came up to Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros after their first TV appearance. And if you don't know Ed Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, go Google the song Home one of my favorite songs because I grew up without a home. I grew up in a very dysfunctional family with an alcoholic dad who didn't know how to be a dad. So I had brothers who were dads and that's creates a crazy amount of dysfunction right there. But here's Edward Sharp and Magnetic Zeros. And they're an American band that is so American and they're from LA and they're so from LA. They have a story as bad that he was sent from another planet to come save our planet. And he's going to do it, and he has the power to do it. So he's like a Jesus from another planet, but he keeps falling in love with women, and it messes up the whole planet. So after Edward Sharpe and the Magnetic Zero is played on Letterman, and you have to see the broadcast, YouTube it. See what I'm talking about, digital media channels? YouTube, a performance from the past. I like, for instance, Saturday night live music acts. I like seeing what they did, but I don't want to actually watch T V anymore. I want to watch what they did the next day on YouTube. So this is Edward Sharp and Magnetic Zero's. And after the appearance, Letterman goes up to him and he doesn't know what the hell just happened. Letterman's perplexed. He doesn't know how to sum it up. The guy just goes up in the in the stands and he's giving high fives to fans and like he's he's making eye contact with people, he's hugging people, and he's like Letterman's like you're 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 supposed to be in his head. I could see it. He's like you're supposed to be on stage doing a show and coming over and saying thank you to me and, and I had a nice time. Thank you for having me on. And the guy goes up and he's hugging people. And Letterman goes, "You got a lot going on."
1: Oh yeah, how much?
2: And that's going to be the theme of today. We got a lot going on in real estate. We got a home supply issues in the Bay Area. Demand, it's there. It's Definitely there in the South. I think everyone in America is moving to the South. We got loan limit issues. We got you make more money if you buy a cheap house and if you buy an expensive house. Tony Mendez from the Mendez Report is here. Good day. Uh, good day. Talking about Jay Z and Beyonce, who I don't know. I don't really care about, but for some reason we're going to talk about because it's fascinating. You and I were talking about property taxes, and I want to buy another home in California, and then I keep talking myself out of it because of property taxes. And then you're like, Do you know what Jay Z just did?
3: Yeah, he's yeah. Ninety one thousand dollars a month in property taxes. How does he pay ninety one thousand dollars in property taxes? That doesn't sound conceivable. His mortgage payment is probably two hundred and sixty thousand dollars a month. Remember then Princess Bride, the guy who goes, Inconceivable <laughs> It's not
2: conceivable. $90,000 a month in property taxes. So let's talk about it. He owns two acres in Bel Air, which is in California, Southern California. He's married to a very beautiful woman, Beyonce. They have a crazy prenup. Um, they bought a house for $88 million? Yep. Okay, let's, let's digest that for a second. <laughs> Can you imagine being the real estate agent on that? He's retired, I'm sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Or the loan broker. Who's like, in real estate, it's it's kind of crazy because the real estate agent makes a cut when you buy and sell. And the mortgage person makes a cut when you buy and sell.
3: Um, so having the title real, company, the taxes, transfer taxes. Wow. The, See, I would have thought title uh, was more a flat servicer, fee. The servicer, the lender is making money, not only the broker, but the lender. Maybe the stager made some money. There's a lot of money in that transaction. There's a lot of money
2: in that transaction.
3: Uh, property taxes being one of them, $91,000 a month. That's a one and a quarter, just what
2: I'm just estimating. Yeah, And and there's no loopholes in that, that you know of. There's probably loopholes, but we don't know of them. You have to be part of the Illuminati to get the loopholes, which I'm not part of the Illuminati because I stress about this stuff. My property tax right now, it's almost $14,000 a year. And I can go to other cities and rent a house for that per year, not quite the house that I want to be in, not quite the city that I want to be in, but
3: well, there's just some added stress too now that uh what they call salt state and local taxes could be eliminated or reduced significantly as far as a deduction on your tax returns if you itemize and and adds a little bit more stress when you're looking at i want to buy a million dollar a million five maybe I should get a million two instead um, the upper end has a little bit more inventory uh, there's another story about how uh, lower end homes are Doing much much better as far as as far as appreciation is concerned. It's almost double what the upper third of home prices are doing, and then you have to pay a little bit more in taxes. You may not get as many deductions as far as your mortgage interest. Well, so there's a little bit of stress coming along. Let's stay
2: on property taxes.
3: Yeah, because I think that's fascinating to think about. And a lot of the people that I know
2: who are not Illuminati but who are upper end income, they struggle in California. Um, I don't know how, you know, my favorite bartender, I don't know how he makes ends meet. My favorite waitress, I don't know how she makes ends meet. Like, I don't get it. (laughs)
1: Inconceivable.
2: Inconceivable. What a great movie, by the way. So that one holds up well. 20 years old, I think. It's got to be older than that. Yeah. So is it 20? Something like that. I think it's got to be more than that.
1: Inconceivable.
2: So property taxes are a big question in the Bay Area. And the whole Prop 13, I'm not going to say I hate old people. I want to put them in a wood chipper. I think they'd all deserve to die. They're hurting the state because the email's already starting to come. You're darn tootin'.
3: Johnny Carson, you have a story on Johnny Carson. Oh, he's selling his property for what, 60? He's dead. Oh, his estate selling 61 million. So somebody's going to pay, you know, let's just say $60,000 a month in taxes, something like that, Yeah. Uh, to buy that property. Um, a lot of people are surprised when you... And he was probably paying six bucks. He had I, thought, I thought NBC built that house for him. Oh, I, I have no clue about this. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful house. I took a look at it online yesterday. Okay. Right on the beach in Malibu. He was pretty interesting because he was considered... Um, what I can tell you what I know about
2: him compared to Dave Letterman. He was considered just a jerk when he wasn't on air. He was nasty, he was mean, he was a womanizer, he was like, he was a bad person. But on TV, what did he come across as? The greatest person on the planet. So, and I I don't have any stories like Bob Hope, I'm not going to turn Bob Hope into the devil, but Johnny Carson was the devil off camera. Property taxes, can you imagine? $90,000 a month, and his police service is just like my police service? Oof. Prop 13. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find Tony Mendez. If you need a re- uh, mortgage, he's my mortgage guy. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com.
1: Sense of your portfolio. Now back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Eight years of an up market, stunning. You want to talk about We can talk about money Investing and more You can always call the show At 800-516-1220 It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 1220 Get your calls on the news Get your calls on the show um, I use the word news Because in the first Well, I, I talked about news And how news isn't really news It's a lot of times PR, press releases And if you read The press release on me I'm certainly going to highlight Only good things I've lost 17 pounds this year I'm not going to say but I'm still morbidly obese. I'm not. But that's the problem with press releases. So anything you see at Yahoo is typically a press release. So for instance, if you were punching Yahoo. Apple's ticker symbol at Yahoo, Yahoo. And a lot of people use Yahoo Finance or I know one of the guys who, you know, aggregates news for websites that, you know, are tied towards looking up information um you're like isn't that a robotic function by now it is somewhat but not as much as you would imagine so a lot of times when you look at the news i'm not going to say it's fake um and maybe a better example would be someone like domino's pizza um you'll see Domino's is coming out with a brand new oven that can bake pizzas 400 times faster. You're like, whoa, that's got to be good for the stock, right? Um, Or you can see Papa John's has made a gluten-free pizza that gluten-intolerant diners can't eat. Uh, Watched a pretty interesting documentary recently, and it's so biased, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, But it was called Fed Up, and it had Katie Kirk talking about the the food industry and how, back in 1977, George McGovern basically said, you know, food companies are poisoning America's kids, and, you know, uh, we're giving them high cholesterol, we're giving them fat, we're giving them, you know, bad things for them. And the food industry freaked out. And there's no doubt in my mind that at a grocery store, I think percent 93% 92, 93% of the food there is almost inedible. It's got so much sugar or fat in it, or fat and sugar. And uh, we as Americans need to change. And that's one of the reasons why you're seeing companies like um, Trader Joe's do so well. I saw a recent report that Trader Joe's, if you buy a home near Trader Joe's, they're worth more and the value is rising faster because people feel that there's, you know, more food there that people can eat there's so many features that attract home buyers like renovated kitchens right i like i'll go into a house that i'm looking to buy and if it's got an electric grill electric stove i'm out i'm like does it have hookups for gas yes yes it does i'm like good 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 who can cook on electric it drives me crazy i like a loco in the cocoa Sometimes when you're looking at a house, you're looking at curb appeal or school systems. I love school systems because I always think that there's going to be some woman who wants to buy your house if you're in a good school district because she wants her kids to get the best school possible. Um, And that may be a little silly. And I call Trader Joe's TJ's. Buying a home near TJ's so you can get $4 wine in a can. You can get avocado yogurt. You can get cookie butter. All delicious stuff, but how good is it for you, really, or not? I don't know. Homeowners with property near a Trader Joe's saw an average home price appreciation of 67% over the last five years. Those near Whole Foods saw a more modest 52% or an Aldi 51%. Over five years, right? Being near a Trader Joe's helps. So... I know a lot of people are gonna go home tonight and say, "See, honey, I told you we should have bought the house by Trader Joe's." <laughs> oh yes, that's so right. So the study which—that's right, Jack. Um, so the study which compared data from 1,200 zip codes put the average value at a home near Trader Joe's around 595,000, nearly tripled the nat- nationwide median value. So does that mean homes go up in value when they're near Trader Joe's, or does it mean Trader Joe's is buying property and putting it in stores near? high-value homes, knowing that the high-value home is probably a little more educated on what they're putting in their food. They might have watched a documentary or two on the food industry, the cow industry, the meat industry, the um, sugar industry. And, you know, essentially in the 1980s, the word fat became a big problem. And it was a pretty interesting documentary to watch because they're like 160 grams or 160 calories of almonds is different than 160 calories of a candy bar. The candy bar's got sugar in it and your liver just doesn't know what to do with it and thus turns it instantly into fat. Whereas, 160 grams of almonds passes straight through your system. Which one would you rather have? I'd rather have the candy bar. Eh! Wrong answer. Uh... You know, one of the the tricks of feeding your kids vegetables is to give them vegetables as an appetizer before the rest of the food comes out because when you compare which would you rather have uh, vegetables or rice or meat, kids are always going to say vegetables last. But if you make it their own meal, you get the idea. And now you know. So, it's a bit of a chicken or egg question when it comes to the whole Trader Joe's thing. So, I started by saying homes go up in value when there's a Trader Joe's near it, whereas maybe like I said, it's that Trader Joe's is just really good at spotting up-and-coming neighborhoods and planting its outpost accordingly. I do think there's more to that idea and the idea that a lot of people perceive Trader Joe's as healthier even though a lot of the food is made at the same factories with just different labels slapped on it um oh it the worst part about that whole movie fed up what is it they talked about Michelle Obama and how she had this initiative for obesity reduction in kids and originally she's like let's cut down on sugars and fats and let's exercise more And then the crafts and the the food companies all got together and, like, rabble, 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 rabble. And they ultimately said,
3: standing out here yelling rabble, rabble, rabble isn't going to help anything.
2: So they all got together, they rabbled, and they basically said, you know, she can't say that. So her, her push went from eating healthy and exercising to just move, move more. Put down that Xbox controller and move more. So, anyway, Trader Joe's. Uh, are you a Trader Joe's fan, a TJ's fan? So, everyone loves BJ's, um, BJ oil services. Do you love uh, Trader Joe's TJ's? So, do you like DJ's, disc jockeys, or VJ's, video jockeys, which they have at Cron? Um, I don't know if there's any other J's out there. There's the Two Skinny J's, which is a rat banner in New York that i Which is
4: a very good thing. Out. Which is a very, very good thing.
2: Thank you. We take a break here. We'll be back unless I've been canceled. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Giving us the pleasure that we lost. We
1: were beautiful before this went down. We were beautiful. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. sleep, head, I'm Rob
2: Black talking money, investing in more. At the start of my day, where I woke up quite ill, it took me a little bit longer to compose than usual. Uh, just stomach virus or something going on. Not attractive. Is it a ulcer? Is it reflux? Acid reflux in the morning. Is it a bender from the weekend? Is it a virus? These are all questions that I always have, and I never know the answer to. But when it comes to money, I can come up with a pretty good answer for most of the questions. Is there such thing as a perfect credit score? In theory, most Americans have average credit. Um, but the question is, not do most Americans have average credit. Is, the question is, is, is there a perfect score? And let's start first and foremost by talking about how credit scores work. And it's honestly, I'm, I'm not going to say surprised. But after 20 plus years of doing this, basically every day, two to three hours a day to 50 weeks of the year, Uh, early on I was doing it five hours a day, then I went to a three, and then I've kind of gone down to two with some TV thrown in. But uh, you get the idea. So one of the things from having such tenure in financial media is I probably get just as many questions about credit scores credit as I do about investing. Certain times of the year obviously going to be different than others, for sure. A lot of creditors use what are called FICO scores and Vantage Score scoring systems. My credit score tends to take a dip around the holidays. Pretty obviously, I'm charging more on my credit cards. I'm paying them off a month later, but that balance is one of the things that hurts me. For the rest of the year, I'm pretty consistent i guess there's going to be times where you're paying for college or you're doing something right there's three major credit score uh bureaus out there equifax experian and transunion each system has a rating from a low of 300 to a perfect of 850. and one of the questions i have automatically already when you know that is why is 300 the lowest why not zero or negative points. This guy didn't pay off his mortgage and he walked away from a house and child support. He should have like a negative 200, right? That's where you start thinking. So how do you start this trek to the perfect credit score? Gotta have a line of credit. Isn't that just the kick in the face? That uh, to get good credit, you have to have credit in theory. Speaking of credit card bills, do you remember in the day and age when they'd come in the mail? And uh, what I did early on was I'd put all my credit cards, like all my bills in a pile called bills. And then I knew that sometime around the 25th of the month, because February always threw me with that 28-day month, that's something wrong about that. We should look into an investigation. We should have... A special counsel on what's going on there. But, thank you. Rob Black hates February. But yeah, I'd pay all my bills at the end of the month. And now I've auto linked all my bills, my credit cards especially, to auto pay. So I don't carry a balance. So pay your bills on time. Be aware of how you're swiping. You want to look at what I would refer to as a utilization rate, which is the ratio of how much you've spent on your credit card versus the card's limits. So I don't mind getting a little extra credit when I open my first credit card. Let's say Citibank double cash gives me a credit card for 5,000. I don't mind calling them after two or three months and say, can we up that to 10, 15? Because I put $1,000 on a $5,000 card. It's 20% utilized. You want to stay less than 30% of your available credit. Because the credit card companies and the credit bureaus worry, if we approve him for a mortgage or we approve him for a car, and he goes out and he maxes out his credit cards and can't pay them back, we just did a disservice to the people that are paying for these credit reports, the auto companies, the mortgage companies, the housing companies. So you want to keep that credit utilization at under 30 so you don't look like you'd potentially get drunk and go off the deep end on a spending bender average credit score for millennials is 628 you want to check you want to obviously not use utilize your credit card too much um if you've got multiple cards and you have you want to try to eliminate the small lingering balances. One of the items your score considers is how many of your cards have balances. So that way you're not polluting your credit report with a lot of little balances. So choose to opt, in my opinion, to go with one or two cards for most of your purchases. If you have too many, again, it just looks like you're financially engineering everything, or it could have that potential. It's important to stay informed by checking your score regularly. Uh, Most institutions allow you to find out your score for free. There's a website, annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com, it's important to maintain a healthy score. You don't necessarily have to have a perfect credit score to get the best credit terms. score from 700 to 749, or 750, 749 is considered good, 750 and above is considered excellent. So don't pursue the perfect credit score. The highest I've ever seen personally was about 817. I guess as high as 850. I'll have to get Tony Mendez from Bay Area Loan Source to come on at some point in time and see if he can't help me figure out if he's ever seen anything above an 817. And what was interesting about the 817, it was someone who was making under $100,000 a year. So you, you wouldn't necessarily think that this is a perfect candidate for a great credit score, um but you know the person had car bills and you know paid rent on time and set up things like uh, Pacific Gas and Electric bills which help. So a lot going on there, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So again, don't pursue the perfect credit score. Um there's some good websites out there on credit. I like bankrate.com, bankrate.com and NerdWallet, they both have apps. I prefer the websites, only from visually what I can see. We've learned once again that Facebook has done a no-no. I still think the stock is a buy. I think the company is a problem. Facebook scraped text and call data from their phones, and there's privacy from your phones. And there's a privacy scandal that, you know, it just keeps coming at the worst possible times. And people are like, Facebook went into my phone and took my phone numbers out and took data out. Surprise, surprise, you put it there. You told them they can come on in and you didn't read your terms of services. Some Facebook users have found that the company stored message and call logs from their phones company said it had permission to collect the information from Messenger, Facebook Messenger. So Facebook's already trying to rebuild trust after the Cambridge Analytica story, the whole Russian investigation. Fake news. Some Facebook users requested an archive of their personal data following the recent Cambridge Analytical scandal found that files had been stored months' worth of data about whom they'd been text messaging and calling. Now I start thinking about this, and it doesn't bother me too much, but the way people use phones feels pretty private to me, right? I know some of you are watching TV, and you probably don't want us to know that you're watching Two and a Half Men. Some people are you who are probably watching adult material, and you probably don't want us knowing that. But it's out there.
1: You know, we have a
4: basic so, responsibility to protect people's data, and if we can't do that, then we don't deserve to have the opportunity to serve people.
2: It is scary to know not scary bad for me, it's just intimidatingly big. It's like monolithic. It's it's huge. How much companies know about us at this point in time and how they can use that against us. I was reading some reports about Cambridge Analytica. and You know, they've got some owners who say, oh, we won the election for Trump. And one of the things they did was they, they got data from you on your Facebook, and they kind of crafted a profile, and they tested slogans. I got the sense from reading the article that the, the whole Make America Great Again slogan came from Cambridge Analytica. And... It's pretty interesting because if you read my Facebook post and my friend's Facebook, my friend's Facebook post, oh, some of them drive me nuts. But you would think, like some of them post, like Trump was an awful person. Obama's was not any better. Trump was awful. Obama not any better. So right there, if I'm a data company, I would say democracy's struggling in America. Oh, and there's that "Make America Great Again." Kind of our democracy, right? Oh. I'm Rob Black, find me online. Rob Black Show.com. It's Rob Black Show.com. Markets
1: up. Just close your eyes and Online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I get up, I gotta give me a plan to do whatever I can. I I'm Rob Black talking money, investing
2: in more. San Francisco is so expensive that more people are leaving than moving in. I drove into the city this morning. and I looked at the Transamerica building, which used to be a pretty tall building to me. And sitting slightly to the right as you're facing north is the Salesforce Tower, which is just humongous. But the city's median-priced home now costs $1.5 million. The nation's tech capital risk losing talent if they can't afford to live here. I saw, I read a pretty nice um, piece written by, I wish I knew her name. This makes me feel bad. It's Michael Dell from Dell Computer. His daughter is getting into tech. And she's consulting for Bumble, and she used to work for another dating app that she won't say the name, but it was probably tender, right? And she's looking to get into some venture ideas and businesses, and she said, I'm moving to L.A., I would much rather have some tech enthusiasts in L.A. mixed with movie stars or movies, TV industry, uh, construction industry. Like It's just more diverse. Now, everyone in the north part of California, northern part of California, hates L.A. Beat L.A. It's a big thing. They take our water. They don't take our women, but they take our water. Here's an old joke. Uh, I love Canada for their... They're hockey and they're women and they're beer. It's a joke. It's not a good joke in this day and age, but it was a joke. But yeah, so northern California to southern California has the thing. But I was surprised by that. The median two bedroom rent in the Bay Area is now three thousand forty bucks. About two and two and a half times as high as the national average. People find ways of making it work, but I don't really care to find ways of making it work when you're spending that much money. Communal housing is not for Rob Black. Co-living units, not for Rob Black. And I'm not talking to it in third person. People are starting more and more thoughts out there are, we want to pay our employees a livable wage, but surprisingly in the Bay Area, we're not talking about $15. We're talking about $150,000 is where you start for a lot of people. Unless you've been entrenched or you've inherited well or something. Tough to move to the area. Let's bring in C F P Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning with the one, the only, Mr. Burton. Now joining me today, CFP Chad Burton. How are you? Excellent, Rob. What does a C F P do?
4: Oh boy, what does well, it stand for? Certified financial planner. Okay. Um, so yeah, you could have you go through five courses essentially taxes and insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing. You have to take a test in each course before you can move on to the next one. And then you take a 10-hour final exam.
2: Really? 10 hours? Yeah. It right? When I did
4: it, it, was given over two days. Now I've heard they've, they're doing it over one day now. But um, it's a 55% pass rate nationally. Okay. So you get a lot of disappointed people after the first try. And do they usually get it right the second try? Like
2: SATs. I remember when I went high school many, many, many years ago. You got to blend your scores. You got to take your best math and your best English. So Does that sound right? Someone's
4: asking me, I don't even remember taking the SATs. You probably didn't. You were a gifted athlete. <laughs> you got to ride your way into college. Oh, uh, no. It's, um, it, you do get a chance. Yes, you do get to take it again. Okay. So, but do people pass it? I, I passed it on the first time. I've got five CFPs, all but one of them passed it on the first time. Okay. Um, and then, so it's given, I think, every November and then every six months. If you fail it a second time, I believe there's some other rules. I haven't looked at it, honestly, lately for, for a while in terms of how many times you can fail it and then how long you have to wait next time. But once you do pass the test, you cannot use the designations yet. Okay. You have to have three years working experience, and now you have to have a degree. Uh, three years working experience, not at Seven Eleven. No, you have to have in the business. Okay, so like a para planner, period planner, yeah, associate
2: advisor. Okay, yep, you got it. Now, with that said, what's the difference between a CFP and like a stockbroker? Or financial, um, you know, someone at Solomon Smith-Barnie calls himself a first vice president or something yeah, like that.
4: Yeah, vice president of the southeast region of Kansas City. <laughs> something like that. Bogus. Yeah. Bogus. But people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. The vice president thing is a, it's ridiculous in this industry. I'm vice president of Salem Radio. <laughs> <laughs> right now, at this hour. Whoops. We're both vice president, right? Um <laughs> Different between a broker. Yeah, Are there easy. even stockbrokers left anymore? I mean, when I was in the yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, there we go. That's right. There's there, my alarm.
2: There's actually other people that I know in the industry. Um, I know people on my street who use Ameriprise financial planners. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the worst thing you could tell. Let me give you a story okay. of that one. And
4: uh, so, this somebody I did very close to the family, um, finally pulling the trigger on retirement. I said, well, at least let me look at what you have. I, do, I don't like taking on friends and family. Of course not. As, then I understand that. Yeah, because the last thing I want to do... Expectations are unrealistic. Not only that, but it dominates the conversation. Okay. So, barbecuing, putting some steaks on, having a couple of beers. I don't want to talk money on the weekends. You know, I, I do it 60 hours a week. So... I said, well, at least let me look at who you're working with. Because I, 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 based on some of the things that I'd heard, I was like, this just doesn't sound right. And the advisor was saying, yeah, you can retire. Go ahead and retire. You're going to be fine. And the reason why is because they were a commission based advisor and they were going to get paid five, six percent of the rollover amount. Ah, so it's like a 401k, 3 b yeah. So, I mean, they see this big rollover amount, so they will blow smoke in places that you don't want them to blow smoke. Because they're doing it because that's when they get paid, is that initial rollover. They get paid all up front because they're commission-based advisors. And unfortunately, some CFP, certified financial planners, are also commission-based. And I think that there's a big push in our industry to not allow that. Um, so... Because it, our industry really, most of the certified financial planners act as fiduciaries. We are forced, we, we set up a firm so that we're acting in the best interest of the client, putting the client first, charging either hourly fees, flat fees, or annual fees based on what we're managing. And in this situation, the guy was going to tell her to retire too soon.